Hi, I'm Ron Coleman, a partner in the Dillon Law Group, social media legend and free speech enthusiast. When I started the Coleman Nation podcast in the spring of 2021, its focus was on free expression and censorship on the internet. But as important as that subject is to me, which is very important, I felt hemmed in in the podcast. I wanted to spend more time talking to the interesting people I've met in my legal and free speech work without feeling a need to have them all make the same point. So I culminated the first series of the podcast and have started the second series. I hope you'll enjoy these conversations as much as I have recording them. Hey, culminators. Thank you for joining us once again. We are privileged, honored, and a little bit excited to be joined today by certainly one of my best friends, Kurt Schlichter. And we're hoping we did a little, you know, a little pre-recording, you know, banter. We're hoping we can find stuff to talk about now that history has been over for as long as it has. Maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to come up with something. Kurt, how are you? Good to see you. Well, Ron, it's nice to see you when you're not acting in your uh, capacity as my attorney. Well, that's usually good news. Especially that's, that's always good news. A litigator. <laughs> it, it, it's never good when you uh, when, when, when you need to talk to somebody going, oh, this is a legal thing. Uh, how are you? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm pretty good, actually. Thank you. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm loving life, and um, I'm uh, feeling good. I lost a whole bunch of weight. I lost 40 pounds. Wow! Did you, wow! And did I've you been, did you do that on purpose? Did you do that for any special reason? Because I was fat as a horse. That would be okay. the reason. Okay, and 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 I've been working out. Nice working out. So I, uh, you know, yeah, I I work out every uh, you know uh, three times a week. I have a guy also named Kirk. He shouts slogans at me, like "Help to burn." I don't know what any of that means, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I am I am sturdy. Yeah, I think I'm a little bit sturdier and a little bit leaner. And, and boy, the energy, it really is true. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's really enjoying listening to these 60-year-old men talk about you know, how, how good it is. Uh, but you know what? Like the best thing after finishing, you know, like the last thing I do is is floor exercises. And when I'm done, I just get up from the floor. I just yeah. get up from the floor. Yeah. Like when I was I, a kid. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, my, you know, my mom and dad passed away, and they had a lot of ailments, and they were very frail at the end. And I, I don't want to be that guy. That's uh, right. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't because they were lazy or anything; they had other things going on. But you know, I, I, and and frankly, with the coming apocalypse, I want to be ready because That's right. you, you never know what's going to happen. That's right. You can't rely just on your firepower. You, you got to be prepared to squat behind things you know and yeah. climb down and up things carry ammo but perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves i want to throw something up on the screen as a uh trigger this is kurt schlichter's most recent book i mean i assume it is you do tend to come out with books very fast no yeah i don't i don't look at your read your fiction books I, if, it, if it didn't happen I'm not interested in it unless it happened to James Bond or or um uh what's his name? Smiley. Uh <laughs> George Smiley. George well, Smiley. Sa sadly, my fiction is happening now. 
uh, but that's, uh, that's all right. Well, but, but, but I just, but this is the book that everyone in my family is, is reading. Okay. Oh. Yeah. They love it. The kids, and I say the kids, these are 24 year old large people. Um, but you know, it's like a great, how to get you. So this was your white pill book from last, from earlier this year. We're having this discussion in mid November of 2023. Now, what do you think? Um, I, I look. I, I I'm an optimistic guy. I still think that we're going to come out of this. I think our strengths outweigh our weaknesses. But let's not uh, uh, imagine that good things are just going to spontaneously happen because we are good people or nice people. Uh, we're going to have to fight for civilization, and the fight for civilization is on. In fact, being good people and nice people may actually be a bug, not a feature, in yes. some or, or perhaps many contexts. Of all the things that we have seen happen in the last couple of months, let's just narrow it, okay? What would you say would be one that would make you rewrite part of We'll Be Back or add something to We'll Be Back? Something that you didn't really think was nearly as bad as as it is. Well, what was not on my bingo card was something that's happened in the last 24 hours or so, which is the phenomenon of Gen Z people reading the uh, insane uh, scribblings of Osama bin Laden and going, hey, he brings up a lot of good points. Uh, you know, I I, I don't, uh, I really didn't have, I, I really didn't think that, you know, these people would be reading the uh, protocols of the elders of dipshittery. Uh, uh, and, 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 and thinking, oh, well, you know, hey, this guy's really put the pieces together. This guy's really got a clue. I mean, it's insane to me. The more that I, I, I it's like a race between stupidity and moral bankruptcy among some of our, uh, uh young people. And I think it's going to be a tie in which we all lose. So I did not, you know, I didn't see that part coming. I didn't see, I, I knew the, uh, uh, anti-Jewish uh, hatred on college campuses and in society was out there, but I thought it was more kind of theoretical. I knew there were some on the right who kind of hinted at it, but not, but, but, you know, if you're walking around and somebody starts, you know, going, you know, it's the cause of all my personal feelings, the Jews, this person would be laughed out of polite company. I'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? And yet there are people essentially saying that, who have some sort of following. And uh, that is not a cause for hope, uh, except in the sense that by understanding your actual situation, you can then begin to fight back. And people are fighting back. And that's uh, that's good. But remember, uh, the Jewish people are the canary in the coal mine for civilization. Okay? Every single, uh, every single group that has picked on the Jewish people through history is going to move on to the next group. So don't don't pretend, well, you know, I'm a Methodist. I'm cool. No, no. They're just going to kill me next. So but, but, even I mean, if you don't want to do it because it's right, you right. better stick up for them because that, it's your fight. That is an extremely pragmatic. That's right. I mean, ultimately, it's an and, 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 and halfway in between, or not, maybe not halfway, people who hate Jews hate America. Yes. Mostly. No, no, absolutely. Inevitably. Inevitably. Well, look, America, you know, America traces its roots directly back to the Old Testament. I mean, you you can't have Christianity without Judaism. You can't have America without Judaism. Oh, are you kidding? I was uh, I've been told uh, today on Twitter 
that there are you been told on twitter yeah no but by of course anonymous account yeah yeah flaming dipshit 69 <laughs> right that 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 uh the there was no bible before jesus and uh and, and well, the... see, <laughs> you know I, I i work my way through the bible i just read the whole thing old testament new testament there is in fact an old testament i'm i was reading about ahab and jehoshaphat just the other day you know it's pretty big by the way the the old testament and yeah it can be quite a, if you luckily you're an infantryman so that doesn't intimidate you, but it's you know it can be it can, you get to you get to lamentations and it's a slog, uh, but no, I mean the what the hell is see the, it's so counterfactual and so ignorant and stupid that I have to assume that these guys have something else going on in their heads, well, they, or, or nothing, or nothing. But, I mean, you have to be really stupid. I mean, you have to, like, be actively stupid to convince yourself there's no Bible but the New Testament. I mean, that's, it, it, it's so bizarre, you have to And also, you can't have read the New Testament. You can't, because, because it's all this extensive conversation involving, what are our obligations to God? Well, where do we look to that? And what's, what are, what is it that we're proposing to what's the novelty here what, what are we what are what's well, the, yeah, what is I, the good I mean, feel you know it, it, you know I, I wonder if these guys remember you know what religion jesus was you know what people did he come from well what, okay? so it person, wasn't so some, you know it wasn't the maoris so, so so someone told me today that it wasn't um there was it wasn't there was no talmudic Tal, talmudic jewry Ju, judaism really Really? Where did uh, Rabbi Saul the Pharisees? <laughs> what, where did you ever hear of the Pharisees? Where did where did Paul, formerly known as Saul, where did he study? Crazy stuff. And what did he study? And what did he study? He studied. Well, but, oh, the the thing is, I mean, you know, I I find myself Christianity is a big big. Uh, uh, spread. There are very Catholics are different from Protestants. You've got various sects. Protestants are different from others. Uh, I grew up as a Methodist. I'm not sure we even have Jesus. Um, I mean, they just. I, I mean, there are so many different. And, and the thing, and, and in a way, that's beautiful because you 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 find your own path within it. So you go to a small town, and there's ten different churches. Because everybody's got, well, you know, I believe in transubstantiation, or I don't, or I just don't like the other minister. I'm going to start my own up. Oh, and well, uh, we, we, but, we do that. We do that. We do, we do that also. We're rather famous. But, but the thing is, I, you know, I resent these jerks making me explain I'm not like that dumb shit. Okay. I, that is not, a, you know, you start. And then, and then, of course, you get the leftists going, well, the only reason Christians like Jews is because they have this apocalyptic... No, dude, I, I was a Methodist. We stopped reading about Luke. Okay, <laughs> maybe we get to Romans. All right, but we also, get to the... You, but you also... I have never had a sermon on the Revelations. I don't think. I mean, maybe no. I wasn't paying attention. That's yeah, well, possible. Yeah. I was a Methodist. It, listen, it's it's goofy. But, you know, you talk about people who 
you know, are mostly they're nothing, right? Dipshit sixty nine. Yes. And then there are people who are doing pretty well. Yes. Doing pretty well. Yeah. And that's a little bit scary. And you know, and what's also a little scary, I mean, you have some very well-known cases. Yes. And then you have some people that we both know who are really seem to be playing it very close to the line. And uh oh Ron, when you say that I must use the word genocide in a way that comports with its meaning in the English language, you're making a semantic language. You're making a semantic argument. Well, when you use the word genocide in a way that doesn't comport with the meaning in the English language, you're doing a lot worse than making a semantic argument. You're lying. Yes. Yes, they are. And words, words matter. Words do matter. That word. I, I don't understand this edgelord thing where... It, you know, uh, some of them seem like on the verge of wanting to go full Nick Fuentes. You Nick Fuentes, yes. That, Nick Fuentes. That, that pure-blooded American. I never quite understood, uh, like I'm not really, you know, uh, never really looked into it. How does a guy named Nick Fuentes become a white supremacist? Uh, it's, well, look, in America, you can be whatever you want to be, which, which frankly is part of this because I think some people see a personal advantage for their brand as the guy who's edgy enough, you know, to to stick it to the Jewish people. Because, you know, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> right, right. What if you work for one? What, let's talk right. about, let's talk about the 500-pound gorilla in the room right now with us. The lovely and talented Miss Candace. The hell is wrong with this one? Well, first of all, uh, full disclosure: I have been friends with Ben Shapiro, who is her node antagonist for fifteen years. When he, me, and a, uh, a gentleman named Larry O'Connor were doing a uh, internet radio show for about fifty people, uh, as uh, we're also here with Breitbart. Uh, the Hour of Hate. It was very funny, and I hear Ben has gone on to greater things. Yes. He's also had a terrific lawyer, me. Uh, so I am firmly in the Ben camp, uh, as as is Larry. Uh, Candace, I have met once. I am distinctly unimpressed with her. I find her uh, cynical. I find her uh, superficial. And I'm trying to, and these are her best qualities. I don't trust her. I don't think she's smart. I think she is, uh, you know, it's just, it's a moral and mental weakness to fall back on anti-Semitism. And I think that's what she's doing. It is, uh, I mean, look, she doesn't actually work for Ben as such because- No, they're the same company. Yeah, I mean, he's CEO emeritus or something like that. I mean, you know- Yeah, he doesn't do it day to day. But the, but the point is, he a decision was made by someone else in the company whom we know, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. It would bring a little bit of dimension, you know, someone who wasn't Jewish and wasn't Catholic, or a Catholic who used to be Jewish, you know? <laughs> um, and someone who wasn't white. You know, I mean, diversity sells, and you know, but being a strong black conservative is a thing and she she's always had a, you know a following 
I've never been part of it. Not I just never liked just there was kind of a dark energy there that I never really I, I agree. I I've always now she started off as a leftist, and I think we will eventually, you know, a young leftist. And uh uh then she became a conservative, and of course, anybody who's a convert always seems to be a hundred times more intense. Look, I've been a conservative for 40 years, Ron. I don't have to get upset about it. I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 60, man. I'm chill. But she's got a convert zeal. And, you know, if she becomes disappointed in her uh, new secular faith, conservatism, because a lot of these guys use their politics to fill in what should be filled in with actual faith, uh, I can see her going the other way just as intensely. Or back the other way. Well, I mean, there's so there's there is this really really weird coalescing of uh, you know or convergence of gropers, you know, uh, white nationalist creeps, yeah. um, and I mean, let's get one thing straight: the these people don't give a rat's ass about Palestinians. <laughs> I mean, please, no. please. No. Do you think they care any more about Palestinians than the rest of the Arab world does, which is... Well, literally, no one cares about the Palestinians, except the Israelis are taking casualties to not kill as many of them, is frankly, uh, American forces. What You think American forces would treat them with kid gloves, the Israelis are? You think I wouldn't be on the radio going, I'm taking fire from that building. I want it flat. Do it now. <laughs> oh, and I get a medal for it. That's how we win wars. Uh, the Palestinians sure don't care about the Palestinians. And I'm personally uh, confused about why I'm somehow morally obligated to care more about them than they do about themselves. Wait a minute, though. And you talked about them. your your moral your moral caringness. Don't you know that you're not allowed to have an opinion on any conflict unless you're prepared to put on a uniform and go fight on the side that you believe has... Well, well, I am. It, 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 you know, and I, I have invited these guys to begin the process of having the Pentagon cut me, uh, bring me to active duty, cut me orders, uh, uh, provide me with the equipment, and send me over there. I am absolutely ready to do that in a heartbeat. Uh, I, 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 and, and that's not a joke. I actively I would. Uh, but, you know, but, but, again, but, 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 I, I, I don't think America should be in this fight in any substantial way, not because we don't have a moral uh, justification for it. We do. They they killed Americans and they're holding Americans, but because I think our currently incompetent uh, military leadership would only get in the way and cause problems. Yeah. And, and also it's it's just it's fraud as hell. It's fraud as hell. And Israel, yes. Israel doesn't really need it. OK, so is it fair to say that? You know, th th there's there's a strike group, a cavalry strike group or two there. That, um, that is as, a that, that a is a use, to Iran. That's a well, useful way to keep Hezbollah from firing missiles. Hezbollah, um, which is which is Iran, and how did Iran yes. get as powerful as they? Who funded Iran, and who armed Iran? Yes, I know. The United uh, States of America. So that yes, you know. I I would not be playing games with these jerks. Uh, my my view is if you cross me. You are going to use my name to scare your children down for the next 10 generations. Uh, <laughs> the, the entire, they, they have fired on America. Well, they killed Americans on October 7th. 
So that would cost them their Navy. Your Navy's gone. Every, every surface ship is gone. Every submarine is sunk. Then you fired on us in Syria. Great. There go your refineries. What do you want destroyed next? You know, are you a, are you a neoconservative? Uh, absolutely not. And but I, I, I understand know what a neoconservative that... is. I'm a Jacksonian. A Jacksonian uh, is not a pacifist. A Jacksonian believes in defending your country and defending your people. Uh, he does not look for fights. But when he gets in one, he wins it hard and fast, not because he loves war, but because he wants it over. You know, this little drip and drab crap, you win by crushing the enemy. I was in, we knew that in, in uh, Operation Desert Storm, which I wrote about in the beginning of We'll Be Back, because I happened to be at 7th Corps Main Headquarters, where we destroyed the Republican Garden in less than 100 hours a military achievement on par with what Hannibal or Julius Caesar did. It's just incredible. And we didn't, we didn't play. We didn't screw around. There's none of this. Let's escalate slowly by. It was the enemy's there. We're going to cut it off and we're going to kill it. And we killed them until they surrendered. And, uh, we, and then we took prisoners. I remember driving by the prisoner uh, holding pen at uh, Kaisuma Airfield. And just just thousands of um, thousands of these guys had just given up, and we took them prisoners. I I remember we would send helicopters to bring in wounded enemy prisoners, you know, with our crews, uh, millions of dollars. But we didn't screw around. We didn't act like barbarians, but we didn't screw around. We're in a fight. We're going to kill you until you stop. And when you stop. Then we're going to treat you, uh, uh, you know, with uh, compassion and respect. What do you think about this? Um, you know what? What's going on in social media? I mean, you you thank God spending a lot less time on Twitter than you used to. You obviously becoming a respectable member of society, uh, but and I get paid for it now. Like, what's the gig that you're referring to that you're getting paid for it? Twitter. Oh, you're getting paid for the I Twitter. Monetize. But... Yeah, no, yeah. That's, I, so I, I got get like a dinner every couple. Right. Of months. I got I got forty bucks last week. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Right. Hey, income streams, baby. Right. I multiple multiple funnels. <laughs> Do you think it's made it worse? Do you think it's made the the whole you know this this ability of people to express themselves? in the most vicious terms possible with really no accountability. I mean, I, I don't look, everyone made fun of Nikki Haley rightfully for saying, you know, you can't, you can't have saying something that Donald Trump also said in 2013, that you shouldn't be allowed to get on Twitter um, unless you say who you really are. There's a point to be made there though. Right. I mean, there's something about that lack of, I mean, you're a guy who strapped it on, went there and, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And, you know, if I have to stare somebody down who starts shouting at me across the street with the with the clever with the clever epithet, Jew. Well, you figured Yes. You figured that I... <laughs> All right, fine. That's real. That's meat space and and you're you're a man. You're a man and that's men have to deal with things. But we've really gone into, I think, a, a different 
era of human relations where you yes. can practically read people's minds because they don't close them. They 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 just vomit out whatever they're thinking, yeah. uh, mostly because they're not accountable. I mean, what do you, is is there any yeah. way? Well, there's look there. There's no social accountability for it, and that is that is the price you pay for having a venue which allows people to have uh, worthwhile expression. Uh, there are people who are going to hide behind you know dipshit sixty nine, and he's going to share things he wouldn't share in public because at some level he knows everyone's going to go shut up you moron. Um, how much play they actually get is another question. Some have a large following, uh, but that's very rare. Yeah, most that's right. Them, yeah, most of them are just normal uh, idiots. Um, the, the other thing is anonymity is uh, critically important because both you and I have dealt with the issue of people being retaliated against for uh, speech. And I, you know, again, I'm very much against the uh, uh, proposed new rule of uh, we want to ruin your life and make it so you can't uh, operate in society uh, because of something you said. Now they have changed that rule. And um, I don't like the new rule, but uh, it needs to be applied to them so that perhaps they will come and change it back. Uh, but there is, a there, there is a need for anonymity. I mean, what are we going to ban the Federalist Papers? Hey, Publius, you know, you, you can't have any value about what you say. Look, we, we have to be adults about how we consume social media because there will be, there's always idiots out there. And before it was the idiot walking around with a sign in the park. Uh, and now it's the idiot. Or, or the, crank, uh, crank, cranking out his, his manifesto on, on, a, on a mimeograph machine. Exactly. And now it's, uh, you know, the uh, guy with the anime avatar. Uh, talking about how, you know, you're a transphobe because you like Israel. Um, and you, you, we, we've got to be sophisticated consumers just to go, okay, this guy's an idiot. He's not saying anything of value. I'm not going to listen to him. And, and, and frankly, most idiots, you know, they, they flow like water off a duck's back. Right. That, that's right. They, they lead lives of quiet desperation and will end their lives in a state of quite of noisy perhaps desperation but it's still noisy mediocrity no, that's i mean that's the thing is the, you, the, you're very you're virtually never talking about people with any attainments of their own no. that, you know and if well, in, people who have attainments of their own generally don't embrace politics of resentment they may embrace politics i don't like but they're usually not, this particular group of people is responsible for all my problems. It's some exceptions. Unless uh, they're, they're selling, unless they're selling that to others. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, and, and and it does sell because there are people out there who who will buy. But the thing is, we've also have a niche society now. You and I are old enough to remember Carson. Remember Johnny Carson? And you go, you watch Johnny, and then the next day you go to work or school, and everyone's talking about how Johnny was funny. 40 million people a night watch this guy. Everybody watches him. Today, there's 20 late night hosts. They're all making as much as Carson, and they've all got one-tenth of his audience. And you can you can be very successful with a niche. If you got if 2% of Americans thought you were great, you would have 6 million fans. More than that. I'm not, hey, I'm a math, I'm not Stephen Hawking. But, <laughs> but 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 you can be very successful catering to a narrow band 
of freaking morons. And, you know, morons. So that's your, that's your Nick Fuentes. That, that's your Nick Fuentes crowd. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, Have you ever met? I mean, I'm, I, I did meet Nick Fuentes. He tried to say hi to me at CPAC. And I told him if he didn't get away with me, from me, I was going to slug him. Uh, I spoke to him. I spoke to him once. Yeah, I, but but in your normal life, do you meet a lot of people who are like Nick Fuentes? I don't. I mean, I I don't meet. I, I don't. I'm trying to remember the last time I heard someone use, for instance, uh, a, a negative epithet about black people uh, in who person, wasn't right. quoting right uh, rap lyrics. Right, right. It's just like you know who I hate. It doesn't happen, at least not in the circles I go in. And I don't. I think my circles are pretty broad. I mean, I was in the army. You saw a wide range of people. I just didn't. I, I just didn't see. I didn't say it didn't exist, but it wasn't something you do in polite society. You would be. Well, is there such a thing as polite society? With you. Is there such a thing as polite society anymore? I mean, well, I, I, I apparently not. I, and but, I. I don't, I don't think it's bad that we have some standards where if you indulge in dumb prejudices, people look down on you because you're dumb, which is what, dumb and immoral, which is what people who indulge in dumb premises, prejudices are. They're just, I mean, it, 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 it's morally questionable. Well, not morally questionable, morally bad. And it's stupid. And you're just a low-class person. Right, you just you just crash. So the problem, Kurt, with you is that you're you're friends with Ben Shapiro, yeah. who works for the CIA and has dual citizenship. You're like these idiots think that every Jewish person has dual citizenship. No, if I but want to apply dual citizenship, well, I'm, I I can see like it's it's a very useful polemical tool to accuse someone of dual citizenship yeah. when you want to say that they're disloyal, that they have, you know, that they're Israel firsters, not America firsters. It's look, it's asinine. I mean, I think we're preaching to the choir here and, and it, but you know, it, I think of all the things that have, I mean, to a large extent, creeps have continued being creeps and they've been given sort of a longer leash to creep. Yes. But, but I do think that the, the most the most distressing thing has been what's going on both on campus and yeah. among the leadership. You know, the, in other words, the, the, the universities themselves. Um, first of all, they become very big on the. They, they went from you know uh, trigger alerts and you know safe spaces to First Amendment absolutists very quickly, and it has become really a thing to have you seen these videos of who's doing what on these at these on these campus stuff oh yeah these, these people aren't are are even americans no a lot of them are a lot of them are foreigners they need to go home but one, one of the problem is one of the problems is that many of the uh uh people who took over the institutions uh, they didn't build them. They didn't create them. They just inherited them. Uh, we are run by cultural trust fund babies. You go to Harvard, you get your degree, suddenly you have a free credential. You have a credential, and now you're allowed into this crew, and you're uh, uh, you can take over the institution. But they don't have any sense 
that the institution should perform its function and be protected so it can perform its function. Rather, the institution itself becomes a vehicle for an outside political agenda. So you what, what you get is people who, and, and further part of that agenda is the delegitimization of power in the sense of preserving the institutions to do their job. So they're afraid to say, you know, dude, you 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 walk it, you saw a guy walking through Harvard and he was holding an Israeli flag and you went and you pushed him on his butt and I'm going to expel you because we don't use violence here at Harvard. And they're afraid to do that. But you know, if they did that, you would have a lot less people pushing each other onto their butts. You would have more people debating and arguing. And if you want to come out and argue for Hamas, you can do that. I'm going to think you're a scumbag, but you you can do that. But you lay a finger on me, we're going to have a problem. And it's going to be your problem because I'm 230 pounds and I will knock the crap out of you. But that's not how we want to have our institution. An institution that is based on who could beat the shit out of each other uh, more effectively is not really an educational institution. It what? is a uh, octagon. Well, there has been there has been an, an extraordinary and it really kicked in. I mean, I think it began in the 60s, but yeah. but it really kicked into high gear with the Trump inauguration riots yes. and then the BLM where political violence has been absolutely greenlighted unless um, for, for the left. Yes. And by the left. Because I mean, I think that so much of what we're so much of this bad citizenship yes. comes down to toleration of violence. You know, that riot that they had outside the White House, one arrest. Yeah, and then same and, with and, the, and DNC. the DNC. Yeah, one arrest. Yeah, uh, I, look, I believe you know again in everything. I believe in the use of massive force to uh, address issues. When you say no, you've got to enforce the no, and then you don't have to enforce it anymore. Okay, I haven't been in a fist fight in about twenty five years. <laughs> in, 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 I, I, I think in some part because you know. It, someone screws with me, we're going to have a problem. So I don't go looking for, I don't like to fight, but you've got to be able to do the hard things to ensure that people know what the rules are. You've got to enforce the freaking rules. And the schools won't do it, so they have chaos. The cities won't do it, so they have chaos. You have one set of rules, you enforce it equally for everyone, and we know the rules can be enforced because we saw what happened with J6 people who I believe should all be pardoned because we can only have one set of laws. And since they have decided not to apply it to this group, we can't apply it to that group. But we've also seen it with uh, uh, cities where it's people using uh, uh, self-defense to get prosecuted, you know, or, or protecting other people. Uh, we see it in LA. They allowed a giant flammable hobo encampment to erupt under a, uh, 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 the interstate or the, the 10 as we say it in LA interstate 10 and that was unlawful and everybody saw it and everybody knew it and no one enforced the rules yeah but I'll tell you in, in San Francisco they know how to clean up a city they sure did when they want to do something they can Rudy Giuliani he cleaned up taxi driver New York okay yes the first time I went to New York it was beautiful I could walk around. I it was like 2011, the first time I was actually in the city. 
New York was, I it, that it was, long. it was a golden age. It was a golden age. It was beautiful. It was a golden age. And I was working in the city in those days. It was 15 years of, this is what a great yes. capital, world yeah. capital can be like. Look, I'm, in, I'm a guy who, you know, I, I, I went into some ugly places when I was in uh, overseas. Never, never did anything interesting, but, you know, we had to watch ourselves. We were armed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of head on a swivel and I was safe in New York. I could bring my wife. I brought my kids there. I didn't have to worry. I knew it was okay. I got I'm a going back to New York hour. in not too, not too distant future. And maybe, and in fact, we probably got to talk about maybe uh, grabbing lunch if we can. Uh, but uh, uh, because my God, that restaurant you took us to. Oh, that was pretty uh, good, wasn't it? it was the first it time was I ever so had... good. really it good. Was... Oh, it was fantastic. That was a, that was a wonderful day. But um, you know, it, it, it's it, it's not like that, and that and that's choice. When I wrote about it at town hall, chaos is the choice. They're choosing it, and why? I, I've got another idea. Let's choose to be civilized. But to be civilized, you got to put down the barbarians, and that includes criminals. You've got to put them down. What is it that I just saw a poll? Poso tweeted it. I think he enjoyed it a little bit too much. 74% of American Jews would vote vote for Biden. Now, first of all, I don't know how good that poll is. Second of all, I don't know who they really polled how they identified who's a Jew. You can't go by last names. The ones with the last names are the, unless they're of, of, over 40 are the ones who are not Jewish. So someone, someone got, gets a call, hi, are you a Jew? And they're like, why, yes. Well, a lady came, so a lady came up to me in the airport. And I got the, I was traveling a lot the last few weeks. And of course, all right, I'm pretty conspicuously Jewish looking. And very, very Caucasoid woman comes up to me and says, excuse me, sir. God bless you. Like she wanted to to be empathetic and to send. I, I I feel the same way because there are a lot of, because you guys need to get some solidarity. Well, but but my but right. my point is, if I weren't wearing my yarmulke, I would really look pretty much every bit as Jewish. But it would really be rude of her to say, "You, <laughs> you look like you could use, <laughs> you look like God's people." But here's the thing, Kurt. Th these. There's a gigantic cultural political problem. It's and and the Jews are the, the you know the liberal Jews are a gigantic part of it, but they but they simply are the leading edge in many respects of of all the Karens and all the male Karens, all these white liberals who. What is it? Have you, what is it that makes them think that they must punish themselves and destroy their own civilization? Do they think it's not going to affect them? Or do they think that they? I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of them have grown up in a world protected by very rough people. Right. This is the trust fund point again. Well, right? it's a, it, it, the cultural trust fund thing. The the United States is an anomaly. Okay, I've been to other. I mean, I was in Saudi Arabia. I was in Ukraine. I was in Kosovo. I got to tell you, the, the 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 when you walk around America, except in certain areas. You 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 can rely kind of on the rule of law. 
generally in your life. If you're too political, lately, if you're too political, maybe not. But generally, you can. Generally, you're going to be safe. Generally, you're going to be prosperous. Generally, you can speak freely, uh, much more than the exception. And sure. and frankly, yeah. we go nuts over things that they do in Britain every day. Okay, and except there, we don't accept it. That becomes a thing. And this was all built by people who were very, very tough. And they were very tough in building this. And these people do not appreciate that. And they somehow think this is the natural state of man. And it is not. This is an exception. It's a wonderful exception. The problem with the exception is people grow up thinking, oh, well, that's the rule. I don't have to do any. I don't have to get my hands dirty to keep this going. And California. You, know, you have to. This is the story of California, right? Yes. I mean, uh, this was this was talk about a golden age. Ugh. This was generations of golden age. The entire twentieth century, California. I mean, just what? I, 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 Ron. I got here in seventy-two as like a six-year-old. Sunshine, palm trees. I was in Northern California. It was near San Francisco, but it was. It was just such a great, I mean, I never doubted that I could do exactly what I wanted to do. I always wanted to be a writer. I got a bunch of best-selling books up there. I, I, I wanted to be in the, I got to be in the army. I got to be a stand-up comic. It never occurred to me I was not going to be able to do what I wanted to do. And I see kids today and they come out thinking, I can't do any of this. And that's not what California is about. California is about opportunity. And sunshine and the ability to be whoever you want to be and go as far as you can. And, and, and they have turned it into this nightmare where people are depressed and sad. And it's heartbreaking. Now, we can change it back. We've got to change it back. I mean, God, yeah. my gosh, you, you know the same thing. You get young lawyers come and join the firm and they got a $200,000 uh, student loan millstone around their neck. Well, I, just I a, start just your a, life with I mean, grand. Why on earth do you have to charge seventy five thousand dollars in tuition uh, for a law school? Law school, you don't you don't need a single beaker, a single Bunsen burner, a single collider. Why did they charge it? Because they can. Why can they? Because they're charging it with our money. Yes, yes, we have subsidized our own failure. You still think we'll be back? I can't think we won't, because then, you know, I, I could just retire and go someplace and just sit on my, you know, and grill every day, drink wine, way too much wine, you be have with children. my thoughts. You have, you, you know, you have future generations. To, yeah, I, you know. I mean, I, look, I got the kids. I could be like some of these parents and not care what happens to them. I'm not going to go down that route. Um, but I care about this country. I took an oath to this country. Right? I, I, I'm I a United States Army officer. My commission still exists, even if it's in retired status. I believe in it. I've seen the alternative overseas. And I'm not going to sit back, and I'm not going to let the... I, mean, I, I will do whatever small part I can do to bring this country back to what it should be. And when I leave, I, I you know, it'd be easy to say, well, I'm going to be dead before all this stuff really ends, which is probably true. But I would like it to be on an upslow swing when I go, rather than just say, well, I, you know, I squandered my cultural inheritance 
along with the rest of the boomers. Because I was born last week of the baby. I made it by seven days. Uh, I I tell you the truth. I, I have trouble with that. I Us 60s babies, they pretty much pissed everything away by the time we came and we, we were of age. I hate being called a boomer. I, I do too. I know I look like one, but it's I, not I, look. I'm the, I, I'm in the same generation as Bill Clinton. No freaking way. Yikes! <laughs> I know it's it, it's bad. I, I I'm much more Gen X in uh, attitude and outlook. The last great generation. Um, but uh, look, I, I I think that uh, look, I got to work with a lot of young people in the military. It's been about ten years since I was in. But I don't think that the young people are necessarily completely broken. I think they are still have the possibility of greatness in them. And I think they want to be great. I'm just not sure they know how. And I'm not sure we're setting them up to do it. And again, I mean, I, look, I, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not the king of America, not yet anyway. So I can't just decree things. But I think all of us can do what we can to get back to a place where America is about possibilities and about freedom and about potential, rather than uh, about relitigating ancient hatreds, uh, dividing things up by some sort of uh, immutable characteristic spoil system. USS Liberty. Jesus Christ. Really? You know. Really. Really? Do, do these guys, you know, and it's it's like, <laughs> you, 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 you think I don't know 500 times more about what happened in the Liberty incident than you dumb, dumb asses do? Do you, you newsflash, when people are flying around shooting each other, sometimes they make freaking bad mistakes. And sometimes they, yeah, perhaps yeah. Err on, they might even err on the side of making those kinds of mistakes because it's a war. Well, you you might you want to ask what was so what was so <laughs> why would the Israelis not want an American spy ship monitoring electronic communications during the Six Day War? What were they hiding? <laughs> what, what's this? What's this thing that they were hiding that uh, you know they they wanted to keep from the Americans? And people think that it's like that that it's that the Israel U.S. relationship in 1967 was like it is, let's say, during the Trump years, or even now. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, Not it even was very close. different. They weren't, they weren't even, in many cases, they weren't even using American equipment at the time. They were using a lot of British equipment and captured Russian equipment. I hope um, we can salvage 30 minutes of original discussion from that, because all we sound just a couple of get-off-my-lawn guys on this, but that, but that's, this is what we're living this is what we're living. Look, we got, look, it's a fight we got to have. Look, the thing is, you mentioned, uh, what are you going to do now that history's over? Of course, history will never be over. History is always a struggle between civilization and barbarism. And I'm going to be on the side of civilization, and the next generation is going to have its own fight. I just don't want them to inherit my fight unfought. You know, they, 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 like there's no place where America, that people perfect themselves and get rid of all human emotions, greed, lust for power, all that sort of stuff. This fight is always going to go on in some form. I would just rather it be a smaller scale fight like it was in the 70s and 80s. Uh, although the 80s could have gotten pretty big, but we won that one. <laughs> 
Nice work. Kurt? Yep. We will culminate our discussion for today. Thank you for joining us. Let's talk offline about getting that lunch. Tell me when you're coming to town. Thanks, Thanks again, for buddy. Me. See ya. Hey, thank you for listening to the Coleman Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please rate it five stars and leave a review. For more information, please visit the show's website at coleman-nation.com. That's coleman-nation.com. Or you can visit my blog at likelihoodofconfusion.com. Join us next time on the Coleman Nation podcast and have a great day.